we're a society that typically sees people who have emotions or being highly sensitive as a negative thing. And it's actually like a really, really powerful thing. It's the, the aspect that I feel like we're missing in society right now. That's my guest today, Laura Haug. She's here because even though you may have never heard of her, chances are there's a big part of you that's just like her. Laura speaks boldly and wisely about her experience and the phenomenon of the highly sensitive person. It's sort of a buzz topic in the personal development world, which might be more of a commentary on the numbness of an overstimulated humanity, but nonetheless, here we are. I hope you'll listen in as we peel back the layers of a highly sensitive person to reveal what we all are, people. This is the Supergivers Podcast. Yeah, welcome, Laura, all the way from Los Angeles, California. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm just going to give a little a little opening here that you and I have been discussing beforehand, this concept of highly sensitive people. And is it okay to use HSP as like a shorthand throughout this interview? Absolutely. Okay. So I'm curious to know, and the audience for the audience's sake as well, how you would describe yourself and your work at this point? Hmm, such a good question, um, because I'm in such a wonderful transition of really embodying more of being a highly sensitive person, an empathic person. And how I show up in the work that I do is that I'm a spiritual guide for sensitive souls. And so sensitive people, empathic people are ones who have these incredible emotional gifts that tend to get bombarded or overwhelmed by our environments, by the world, by these subtle energies that also show up around us and being able to guide them into how to be empowered by that so they can step more fully into these bigger visions and unique purposes that they have that they tend to get overwhelmed by. Um, So just really giving them the support that they need. Excellent. And I think straight out of the gate, uh, if, if people are listening, don't have that much context or background about you. We were just speaking a minute ago about how interesting it is that, um, you know, somebody, somebody with you know, not a huge platform as yourself is speaking about this topic. And I'm just curious to know what makes you sort of qualified, if you will. Mm, yes. Uh, what makes me qualified? What makes me qualified is that I am one, that I'm experiencing it, that I'm living it day to day. I don't know what other qualification we need than that. Um, my background, if we need education and such, is that I actually worked in the entertainment industry in Los Angeles for eight to 10 years. And because of that, because of burnt out and where that led me, I ended up going down this path of becoming a 500-hour yoga certified teacher and becoming a Reiki master and a life coach and blending all of that, um, all of the healing modalities that I needed to actually recover from being a highly sensitive person in entertainment that I had no idea was a thing. And that if I had these tools back then, maybe life would look a little different. Maybe I could have been in those higher positions that I always saw myself in, but just energetically couldn't handle because I didn't understand how I actually showed up in the world and what I needed to be supported. So you glossed over a a big summary of transformation. Mm -hmm. And I want to zero in on what was the the point, the tipping point where you 
started to identify and maybe more importantly, give yourself permission to see yourself this way and then clearly take care of yourself accordingly? Yeah, good, good direction. (laughs) Um, The tipping point from the entertainment industry was just physical exhaustion. My body was kind of breaking down on me. Um, Depression, anxiety, thyroid issues, digestive issues. Um, I knew that if I didn't make a change that I was going to end up in the hospital or something was going to happen. And um, my intuition just kept saying, like, just leave. It's okay to leave. You'll figure it out. And so then learning more about different healing modalities and that just continuing to evolve into the fact that we're a society that typically sees people who have emotions or being highly sensitive as a negative thing. And it's actually like a really, really powerful thing. It's the the aspect that I feel like we're missing in society right now. It's a very masculine driven go, 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 do, do, do. And we are not validating enough um, this intuitive nature that that people have. And so what happened for me was I just felt like I got beat down enough. <laughs> and partially part of that was with me was allowing that because I didn't understand myself. So the tipping point was that I all of those elements needed to happen for me to get to a place to dive fully deeper into myself and go, what are the gifts that I have? How can I show up using them in a way that feels good for me so I can expand and now go share those with others who are doing really important work but are also beginning to feel burnt out? And I don't want to see that happen anymore because they've got some amazing gifts that need to be out there. Hmm. It sounds like you were able to get the awareness of yourself and then take action. Were there any other mechanisms that helped you bridge that gap from burnout to, um, to provider really? Support, huge support, um, support in the education of just allowing myself that I felt if I felt called to go to a workshop or read a book or talk to a certain person that I gave myself permission to do that. Um, one of the biggest things was I remember in one of the very first classes for my 300 hour teacher training, um, was that if we block the negative emotions, we block the positive emotions. And I remember feeling at that time that I just felt numb. I didn't know what I felt. (laughs) I just couldn't muster up any excitement or joy for anything or even anger. I was just numb. And hearing that if I block the quote unquote, negative, that I'm also blocking the positive, then I kind of became challenged and determined to open myself up to letting whatever those negative emotions were begin to surface and dealing with them and not judging them and just observing them, letting them flow through me. And that's what happens a lot. Like when we get into the body, the body can get stiff. And I had all these physical things going on. And the more I could get into the body and the more I could release the emotions. It's like they were these undigested experiences tucked away in my body that needed to be released and letting it happen instead of resisting it, instead of saying I shouldn't feel that way. Um, Someone else has it worse. It was completely invalidating my experience, which was blocking me from being able to access any level of joy or empowerment at the time. Wow. Yeah, that's beautiful. So let's back up a second I want to flush out a little more of the concept of HSP. 
Okay. So, and I also want to be mindful that it's that we're not creating more disconnect or more separation between people. So, if you would explain a little more about what HSP is, and and aren't we all sort of on a spectrum of sensitivity? I mean, I think so. Um, I think there are people who are a bit more open and attuned to it right now. Um, and so for me, a highly sensitive person, it's a person who has a, a sensitive nervous system, um, that they're aware of the subtleties in the surroundings, that they pick up on the energy from the collective conscious, um, from the people that we're directly in front of, as well as the subtle energies that we pick up from people. So if you ask someone, hey, um, how are you? And they respond, I'm totally fine. And you look at them and you just sense something is off. <laughs> and you sometimes have to ask again, are you sure? Hmm. It's that subtle energy that's behind what they're saying that they're picking up on. Um, it's highly sensitive people. They're over, they can be highly overstimulated by their environments. So walking into a crowd, walking into a grocery store, being in a lot of traffic, being in a big city that can be very overwhelming for people to their systems and cause them to kick into that anxiety, um, kind of just anxious, um, anxiousness within the body. Um, and so they also can just get overwhelmed by people with big energies or intense energy. Um, and they are typically in their heads quite a bit as well. Um, they can range from being an extrovert to an introvert. There's no just kind of one size fits all. Um, and I think I loved what you said about, we're not trying to create separation because it's not, it's, um, it's not a pathology. Yeah, it's like I, I'm sensitive. That's just how I identify and show up in the world. And this is how I can actually connect with you deeper because of it. Mm. What would you hope that the less sensitive beings in the world could see as an opportunity here? Hmm. That it's not a weakness. Being sensitive is not a weakness. Um. It's a strength that I think sometimes there are people are, are almost intimidated by because they don't know how to relate to it or because they've never been extended that level of empathy and compassion um, that they almost don't know how to receive it or respond to it. And so it, it immediately gets put into this box of, oh, that's weakness, um, being sensitive. That's, oh, look at that drama queen. It's put these, these labels get put on it when we're not actually understanding each other. Um, so it can go the other way as well. Like highly sensitive people. Like I know that I can be like, why doesn't anyone understand me? I understand everyone. Why doesn't anyone understand me? <laughs> but it's extending that compassion as well that actually that's not how they operate. So how can we find the middle ground of understanding? You're not as sensitive. I am sensitive. Where is the middle ground? How can we show up and just respect each other <laughs> and the way that we see the world and, how we show up in it and how we respond to it and just find that, I mean, I, it might sound cheesy, but just find more of that love for each other. Like mm. I don't have to agree with you, but can I respect you? And I think that's what we're missing a lot of is just a mutual respect for people and where they're coming mm. from. Can we play a little, a little game that uh, I'm going to make up on the spot, I guess. Let's, let's <laughs> do it. Yeah. So what keeps coming up for me, which is, I know, not a unique concept around this, is creating bridges where there are gaps. And clearly, you and I both um, see that humanity is, is creating quite a divide in certain areas of the, um, of the world and of, of the reality spectrum and of the, 
the way that we see the world, right? Mm -hmm. So for a moment, if you are on one side of the bridge, the person on the other side, can you describe that person for a second? Like what, from your perspective, what is the hardest person for you to reach? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm kind of checking in with myself and seeing what that that looks and feels like. Um, honestly, I feel like the first thing that comes up for me is someone who is really close-minded. Um, and that it's not coming from a negative place. It's coming from all that they know that... Um, that they maybe feel like they know everything and have all of the answers. Um, I find those people very hard to find a common ground with. Almost like an expert mind. Yeah, it's where there's no breathing room for validation of where someone else might be coming from. Just a thought, an opinion, an idea. Um, the assumption that there's only one way. I think that maybe that's a better way to explain it. If there's the person that I have a hard time connecting with is, is a person who only sees things as black and white. There's only this one way to do it. And if you don't fit into that, then you're wrong. And that's, that's a challenging, that's a challenging energy to be around. Okay. So we've said a little bit of it. See, I want to give you an allowance to say a little more. So if, <laughs> if they're sort of, we're picturing this image that you're creating this wooden bridge between this Grand Canyon divide here. Mm -hmm. So if they're getting down on their knees and they're cutting wood to make planks for this bridge to come out and meet you, what, what you said earlier was something along the lines that like one of those planks is really being able to even be open to the reality that, hey, someone could be a little bit more attuned and, and sensitive than, than I am. Is that fair yes okay if not oversimplified perfect so so give me one more plank that they could lay down that could help them come towards you that understanding if listening to someone else doesn't remove any of the value that they bring to the table that i don't know if that makes sense mm -hmm. but um that they don't, that I, they don't lose by... They don't lose. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. They, they don't lose. It's not taking anything away. It could actually add to and amplify what they feel so strongly in. Um, yeah, it doesn't take anything away. Yeah, right. You're not there to take anything from them. Right. I'm just here to have my voice heard as well. <laughs> just imagine for a moment... And if you're listening to this too, feel free to join us. Imagine for a moment what would change if all of us embodied that just 2% more, that you're not here to take something from me. And it's not always true. Say more about that. What do you mean by that? Well, I didn't leave any space, but it's okay. <laughs> I, I didn't leave any space. I, I realized once I said it, I, I got in like audience mind and I'm, and I'm imagining, Oh yeah, but some people do want to take, of course. So it's not quite the, yes. the whole truth that we can just be open. And what if that person across the divide has learned to protect his or her reality because so many people have threatened it in the past. Mm -hmm. 
How, so how do you then attune to that and connect with that? I, I mean, in those situations, I like to acknowledge where they're at and say, this is what I'm hearing from you. And that's cool. And at that point, I get to decide, is this the place I need to speak up? Is this the person that can even hear me? Is this what I need in order to feel safe enough to speak up and to be heard and to be seen? And then aligning myself where I need to go from there. But at this, but during all that, extending that compassion to that person of, you know, I'm sitting on my side of that bridge now, putting my wooden planks of like, okay, well, here's compassion and understanding that they're, they don't feel safe to open up and to, that they feel threatened. And I'm not trying to threaten, I'm just trying to communicate and connect. Um, so what is my compassion that I need to extend? What is my understanding that I need to extend to be building that bridge towards them as well? Yeah. And w- what I heard you start to say earlier was maybe this isn't going to be where I lay too many planks. Yeah. Maybe one or two planks gets a start and somebody else who's more suited to connect with this person comes and keeps building. Yes. It's teamwork. I can't, I can't do all of the work. <laughs> That's exhausting. <laughs> I'm not the only highly sensitive person out there doing this work. There are many of us because everyone's going to connect with in a different way. Everyone's going to have a new experience. Hmm. We're all planting seeds for each other, I feel like. And then it's all connecting and, and coming together hmm. the way that it needs to when it needs to. I don't know where I'm going with that, but <laughs> it's like, it, I mean, it just sounds like encouragement. Yeah. I'm really curious about if there are more just totally misconceptions that you've seen in the world about, you know, people that could be labeled sensitive. It's easy to think that being sensitive is a negative thing or a weak thing. Uh, when we're put in that box, highly sensitive people were, were people pleasers. So then we just want to fit in that role. Well, if that's what you think of me, then I will just play that out. Um, and I think one of the misconceptions is that we can actually pull ourselves out of it. Like this is honestly kind of maybe geared more towards the highly sensitive people is that we don't have to take that role on anymore, Mm -hmm. that it's actually up to us. No one's going to come in and have our backs on that. Like we can have each other's backs on that of you're powerful within this. And how does your sensitivity show up for you? And what type of support do you need in order to feel strong enough to go out and to do those, those visions that you have on your heart to let those begin to unfold but we can't do that until we turn inward and we go, okay, what's my responsibility? What have I been taking on of others that's actually not mine to take on? And how can I quit pointing the finger and saying, well, it's your fault and go, okay, great. What was my part in that? How could I show up differently? And then what do I need to do in order to show up differently? And I mean, I feel like that's probably across the board with sensitive or non-sensitive people. But I think like that's the misconception right now of I get frustrated when I I read things about people who are highly sensitive and and empathic and energy vampires and all this stuff. It's like, no, that's, that's again, just kind of putting another label and another excuse instead of us 
owning this like power that we have <laughs> that can be used in so many wonderful ways. It's deepened my understanding it more has deepened my connection more with a lot of relationships has allowed me to, I used to be terrified to step out into the world. Like you talking about me not, you know, not having a huge platform right now. Like that's by design. <laughs> I couldn't handle a bigger platform before. Um, I didn't have the energy or the resources for that. And yet this is a topic that I feel like needs to be out there and it's bigger than me. And so I need to do my part in owning responsibility, setting my healthy boundaries, saying no when I need to say no and saying yes when I need to say yes out of a place of love versus fear. And then from that place, what can happen? And if I can continue to show up and see that if someone's not kind to me, that they don't understand me, that there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing wrong with me. It's that they're projecting something on me or they're dealing with their own stuff. And that if it doesn't feel in alignment for me, I don't have to force myself to be around those people anymore. I can navigate it the best that I can. And then I'll go realign with the people that, that do emotionally support me and are there for me and who can fuel me up so that I can get back out into the world and continue doing more of this work. And I hear you outlining a really critical self-care practice in terms of just being really attuned to your own boundaries and capacity, if I'm getting that right. Yes. Might, um, again, might be oversimplifying. And I was just going to ask if you had an audience, which you, you may have at this moment of people really, really identifying with your story and wanting to resource themselves. Mm -hmm. What would be just the critical practice you've found in terms of orienting towards self-love and away from fear? Great question. I'm like, all of the things. Um, <laughs> yeah, and feel free, to, feel free to list more than one. I just didn't want you to feel pressure. <laughs> I, I think they're there have been multiple different elements supporting me in this. And it started years ago as a personal practice of five minutes a day that my yoga teacher prescribed to me five minutes a day, three times a week, you're going to breathe, you're going to move your body, move your spine, six different directions. You're going to visualize, you're going to chant like just five minutes of a few things to start to fill myself up. And it's in those moments of that personal practice of starting to fill up or those moments of I care enough about myself that I can invest in myself this way, that it's not selfish. Um, and so it started small. And so that personal practice has just grown over the years. Now I need more and more of it. And it looks different and it changes. But that's an aspect, an element that I need in order to really ground myself so that I can be clear and I can show up. Um, in a strong and sensitive way of finding um, my confidence in a quiet way that I'm comfortable with. And so, yeah, one of the elements is like a personal practice. Literally, it can be five minutes a day. <laughs> um, but another piece to that, even if it, you, you don't know where to start, even in that five minutes, just observing every single thought that you have. And every single feeling that you have and every feeling that you have going, is this even mine? Is this even my feeling? And that's how we start to build that trust with ourselves is being sensitive. We pick up so much from other people. 
And we sometimes don't know where that line is between my feeling and where someone else's starts or ends. And by checking in with ourselves, no one else can know that for us if what we're feeling is ours or not. So I think that just that observation, like that observation, we don't have to, you don't have to do anything with it right now. But literally you're just taking in the feedback of how am I feeling in this moment? And what about this moment? Okay, now this moment, how am I feeling? And from there you start to notice patterns and you start to ask yourself questions like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling this way right now. I'm feeling really sad. What would I be sad about? Did something just happen five, 10 minutes ago that would have triggered this sadness? It's getting really in tune with our own emotions and where they're coming from. So, so yeah, I think personal practice and observation are kind of the first two markers to check in with yourself. And then what's, what's the next step? Once somebody has that and you feel free to speak from your experience, I think you said earlier, it used to be really hard to be out in the world. Mm -hmm. So you know, what makes it easier now? Mm, makes it easier is I don't take it all personal. <laughs> mm. When I walk into a room and I feel weird energy, I can walk into a room and go, oh, okay, I wasn't feeling this energy before I came in here. This must not be mine. So can I lovingly release it and just check back in with how am I feeling? What's going on for me in this moment? Or if there's someone something that I pick up in that room, just being aware of it and going, wow, okay, I'm just going to send some love out to the room right now because I'm feeling some strong emotions and it's not coming from me. So um, I'm just going to stay in my little bubble over here and I can handle it then. Um, I mean, there are all kinds of like energy clearing techniques that I use as well that even just like a, a wiping down the body and the arms, like just taking your hand and just wiping your arms off after you deal with someone intense or after you leave the grocery store or, a crowded area like going even to a bathroom and after a meeting at work and just like almost it's just like dry brushing with your hands down your body and just setting that intention that like if it's not mine it doesn't have to stick to me um and I always find that very rejuvenating and very um kind of that boundary that I need to set of just like a physical way of showing myself like this is mine and anything that's not is not on me right now or not in my energy field um so, I mean, that's just a few of the things. Um, meditation is really big as well for me to be checking in with myself and building myself up and, and honestly really communicating with people on new levels. So when I'm communicating with people, really listening to them and hearing like what they're talking about, what are they actually valuing and how can I support that or how can I give a new perspective or how can I just be aware of it and mirror it back to them and then from that place, connection is is able to be reached a bit deeper um, because someone else has been heard. So it's like acknowledging all of this within myself first had to happen before I could really go out and feel like I could be it for other people and support. I mean, literally getting, I think that I did self-development books for a good chunk of my life. <laughs> and those were wonderful and great. But I think the biggest thing that helped me start to make that take that turning point into being more empowered by it was finding the right mentors and teachers and coaches um, of people who could understand that I'm sensitive and how what does that mean what do I do with it like how can I see that as a positive thing um, learning tools and techniques that way but I think just really being heard by someone else who understood it 
is what helped me feel validated and that I wasn't crazy and that um, this can turn into something really positive. Mm-hmm. How can the world benefit most from highly sensitive people right now? <sighs> How couldn't it benefit? <laughs> How couldn't it benefit the most? Um, I think, and I feel like it's across the board. Like, this, I feel like this shows up in every single industry. What's this? The highly sensitive nature of it being not valued. And actually, I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but yeah, yeah. But I think if there were more empowered, highly sensitive people who understood how this showed up in their lives, and they they were able to step more fully into it and start to rise up into whatever field that they're in to take on more leadership positions. It's going to be the balance that's needed in this world. It's like, I, I think I kind of hit on it a little bit earlier, but we've got this like masculine driven society where it's go, 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 do, do, do. And we're missing a little bit of this like, the feminine, the intuition, the flow, the, it, there's not always facts and data to back it up, but there's so much growth and heart behind it that it, it just, it's the balance that's needed. So what if we had this, this situation happening where more of these empaths, uh, highly sensitive start to step up, taking on leadership positions because they can handle it now because they have the tools in place to feel strong and sensitive and then to redirect that into making sure employees across the board are taken care of and that their skills are in the right skill set and they're in the right jobs and they're happy and they're provided for and they've got a great work environment and then then they get to take that home and then they're happy at work so then they go home and then they have this um much richer home life or it's happier because needs are being met and people are being cared for and thought about and they're able to show up in bigger ways because they're being taken care of. So they want to show up more fully to do the work and to dive in deeper and to maybe even work longer hours because it's just joyful for them at that point. And then you've got these home lives and then you have these like kids growing up in the home lives. Like that's what they're starting to mirror and see Versus so much anger and blame and not taking responsibility and that being a a pattern that continues to play out. And I know we can't get rid of all of that. (laughs) I think that will always, always be there. But I do feel like there's this rise and this call for highly sensitive people who are waking up going, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of of being told that I don't know anything when I know things or that I'm being dramatic when I'm not. They're just feelings and they're appropriate <laughs> based on the situation. Um, there's this rise up and they're just needing support. And I just, that's the vision I kind of see of how this could have like social impact across the board. Um, it's the balance, it's the balance that's needed. Yeah. I feel really excited by that vision and hopeful yeah i feel a little crazy for thinking that i'm like is that really possible i'm like well there's only one way to find out i mean not doing the work isn't working for me so 
I have to dive in and do more of it <laughs> and mm-hmm. reach more people because I'm starting to see that now with my clients. Like I work with several people in the entertainment industry where they had been out of the entertainment industry for a while because they had been so burnt down. They had been so taken advantage of. And it was something I could relate to. Like when I left some of my past jobs, when I left, they were having to hire three people to do the one job I was doing. And, and I, I see that with clients where they're like, they had so much on their plate because they wanted a people please. So they took more on and they just kept pushing themselves and pushing themselves until their bodies literally started to break down and they start to get illnesses and ailments where they're like, I literally have to quit doing the thing that I love to do or that I thought I loved to do because I physically can't deal with it anymore. And so they stepped away. And so once they stepped away, they started to get more of that support. And now they're being called back into it. But what's really cool is to see them being called back into it, but then finding positions that are way more in alignment with the value that they have for themselves and that being mirrored back by the people hiring them. And it's just, there's just, a, I just feel like there's that call to action right now of we got to take care of ourselves so that we can step up. Yeah. If I had an applause track, I would play it right now. <laughs> and and let's let's broaden this a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you to expand your um empathy here. Okay. I'm curious if you can like what's the inclusive element here? What do you imagine happens to the person who doesn't identify with any of this and in fact feels quite afraid of it? The the person across the the gap who's like, Yeah, don't come towards me with your with your vulnerability and your empathy and your presence. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I mean, those are the I actually kind of enjoy talking when I can to people <laughs> like that because I actually want to know where they're coming from. I want to know what they're afraid of. I want to know wh- what parts of their being feel threatened by vulnerability. Is it because They've never experienced it before. They've never been exposed to it. They, it's so outside of what they know. Like, I want to understand more of them. It's like, it's not even, you have to even talk to me or understand me at that point. It's me wanting to get to know them a bit better because I notice from that place, they're able to open up a bit and just, they just need to be heard first. They need to be seen first that like, I'm not here to threaten anything. I'm here to actually try to draw us closer because I think we're all wanting the same things. We just need to maybe find some new different ways to approach it so that we can find the peace that we want and find the connection and to find the fulfillment and the purpose and to make sure everyone can get their voice heard and respected. So, Does that answer that? Yes. On one okay. level, are you suggesting that there really is no such thing as insensitive people? We we all are built in as sensitive beings. Maybe we inhabit a spectrum of connectedness with that sensitivity. Yes. And that the people who feel afraid are perhaps, you know, working through some, um, yeah, some template that, they've acquired through living in the world or in a past life or something even. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, I mean, geez, that could even be like generational patterns of, of family after family, not, not opening up being 
super hard, only having the one way to look at things, um, and never having that compassion extended to them or that empathy. They don't understand how that could help anything. Um, when sometimes you don't have to understand how it's going to help, it's just can you respect that someone has a different viewpoint and a different way of needing something and where's the common ground then to make sure that, you know, what do they need in order to just be open to hearing my side of things? Like, is there something they need to feel safe so that I can at least just have a voice in that conversation that I'm not trying to attack, that I'm not trying to tell them they're wrong, that there are just other ways to look at things and, and it's just, where can we find that middle ground? Yeah. And as we're saying this, I'm realizing something that I believe in my experience of this realm is that to some degree, people who seem the most defended and maybe hard to, hard to affect emotionally when vulnerability and connection are, are on the table, they are the ones that need the most sensitivity, even though it may not look obvious on the outside. Do you find yes. that that can be true? I do a lot. Oh, like, I, I mean, maybe it's a strong statement, but I'm like 100%. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, there's so much of that that's and, needed. And they're often the people that draw the most direct violence towards themselves. If I, yeah. if you, if you look through some of the tweets that people send to um, Donald Trump right now. Mm -hmm. Like I sometimes read a couple of those and I, and I imagine myself like, Oh my gosh, like this, I would have to come up with another way of armoring my emotional body to receive anything about those tweets. Yeah. And <clears throat> imagining that that person and, and people who, who often are targets of, of just wide public um what am i saying like they're they're just like they have a big platform <laughs> yeah to say the least right yeah they, they are subject to so much and yeah and we can just assume that like they're just not affected they don't feel things they're they're terrible they're narcissistic they're that we can put all these labels and i don't know if those are helpful they might feel like gratifying to the person sending the tweet because it's like oh i just released this this stress and this venom actually that person might feel more deeply than than he or she could ever even know and we're actually by doing that i think my my long-winded point is that we are actually creating a reinforcement of that hurtful pattern yes yeah there's this like People need to be right, you know? People are trying to teach a lesson, they're trying to prove something, they're, they just wanna be right. And it, I don't know, it just keeps coming back to respect for me. Like, how can we just have respect that someone thinks and feels differently? And how can we prompt kinder conversations? Mm. <laughs> like, hey, I, I really don't agree with what you just said that really just does not sit well with me. Can you help me understand where you're coming from on that? Can you give me a little? Now, we also have to keep in mind some people just can't rationally have those conversations, in which case those aren't the people to engage with. But sometimes I think 
people just need to be asked those questions. Then they can turn inward and go, oh, yeah, okay, well, let me give you a better explanation. Like, if we are actually trying to find some common ground or understanding, like, it's, I, yeah, that that whole, people are coming from both sides. Everyone's wanting the same thing, I feel like. We're all wanting to feel safe. We're all wanting to feel cared for. We're all wanting to feel connected and that we have a voice and that we have opinions that matter. And just how can we, I just feel like it's so easy and not at the same time (laughs) because it requires a level of like self-awareness that I think people are waking up more and more to. But um, yeah, what's, I think a huge misnomer for people to understand in the world of sensitivity, please tell me if you, if you think this is fair, is that we're actually all limbic driven beings. We're all very emotional. I mean, gosh, my other example there, Donald Trump, talk about an emotional person. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just, he has socially acceptable emotions for who he is, but he is highly reactive and emotional and, any little thing will really, really like drastically affect the way he sees the world and the way he, he makes decisions even mm-hmm. like that is incredibly emotional. Right. And oftentimes there's a stigma to saying somebody's quote unquote, an emotional person, which, which sort of means like they air towards sadness <laughs> is really what they're trying to say. Yeah. But actually what's powerfully true about, quote-unquote HSP, is that we can regulate the emotional body in a way that keeps connection possible. Yes. And that's, yeah. that's, the, that's the key mechanism for vulnerability and openness in connection. So it's not so much that somebody's going to be emotionally neutral and flat, right? It's saying... Mm-hmm. No, we can actually stay connected with the other person and grounded in ourselves at the same yeah. time. Absolutely. Because we all, we all are actually have the capacity to be highly sensitive. And um, it's just how well we've tuned our instrument in order to use that sensitivity for relationship. Yeah. Well, I think we're all definitely highly sensitive. I think... Yeah, like you said, others just have stronger barriers against it. So they have more layers that they would have to go through to actually get down to that center and to that feeling. Whereas others of us have kind of, I feel like, kind of chosen to come into this life going, all right, here's my heart on my sleeve. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Here we go. I mean, I remember actually quitting a job, like my first job in L.A., where it was told to me, you, you need thicker skin. You need thicker skin. You got to toughen up your skin. And I remember sitting with that for like a year and a half of just like, all right, I got to toughen up. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to toughen up because my side of things is that even though I was an assistant, like I was having really cool conversations with people and connecting with people on deeper levels than just on the surface stuff. And they were people loved coming and talking to me. They loved like being around me. Like, you know, it, but then again, I was always the person that at a party, I'm in the corner, like consoling someone because that's what they needed. I wasn't the one partying. Um, 
but it's that that sensitivity and I remember quitting that job going like my heart like you're asking me to shut down my heart (laughs) and like I can't do that because that's the the most special thing I have about me and so if that means I need to get out of this industry then I'll get out of this industry but like I can't shut that down that doesn't feel right to me and so like some of us are coming into the world with that, of that openness going, I'm not going to shut this down, but I actually need a lot of help on figuring out how to channel it and how to use it in a way that can be seen and valued and that I can feel good about it and I can feel strong about it and I can love myself for that. I'm so glad you made that choice and that you continue to show up this way in the world. The world needs you. Thank you. Me too. I'm happy I did too. (laughs) For people, for people listening who want to learn more about you and your work, where should they go? Um, I am at golden8healing.com. That's the number eight. Um, I'm actually in a big transition, so I'm doing a really big rebrand right now, and I'm going to be changing my name and everything. But right now, I'm at golden8healing.com, and I've got some resources on there of how to build a personal practice. Um. I've got, I've written a bunch of articles and so I've got my blog on there and then, yeah, I'll be launching kind of all kinds of new things towards the end of this year. So that's where you can find me right now. Awesome. And do you work with clients remotely or must they see you in person? No, I do mostly over the phone coaching conversations where I can blend in distance Reiki, where I can do videos, we can create um, personal practices. So I love to blend all of the tools that I have of the the yoga, Reiki, um, life coaching, um, just getting you fully supported. So all of that is done over the phone. And then I do do some workshops. Um, I'll be planning some in-person retreats next year. And uh, I'll be transporting i'll be uh, a transplant into portland soon so that will be the home base where i kind of set up where i, I might be opening up in-person sessions so um, right now the best way is um over the phone awesome well laura thanks again for being on the show and for the work you're doing in the world thank you so much i've so enjoyed this thank you jesse to find out more about laura's work go to golden8healing.com and look her up for some amazing healing. My question for you is this. If you can accept that being sensitive is actually being human, what part of you is most sensitive? And how might you see it as a strength rather than a secret? This has been the Supergivers Podcast, and I'm your host and producer, Jesse Johnson. To hear past episodes, you'll find the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. If you're inspired enough to write a brief review on one of those platforms, please do. They help. You can learn more about me and my work at supergivers.com. Thanks for listening.